Hello, everybody. My name is Daniel Prince, and I am the host of the Once Bitten podcast. This is a podcast focused on Bitcoin. It's my mission to interview as many people as I can around the different aspects of Bitcoin and help people understand exactly what Bitcoin could mean for them and for their families and for their future. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you so much for listening. Hey guys, welcome to today's show. And uh, joining me today is El Sultan Bitcoin, otherwise uh, known as uh, Alessandro uh, Cecere. Uh, I hope I've uh, pronounced that correctly, Alessandro. I am sorry if I have not. Um, it, the, the surname is uh, C-E-C-E-R-E. Uh, he is the CEO and founder of Coinspree.com, who are the... Um, the brain box is behind uh, Pandora Box, which is going to be uh, a beautiful full node that is going to come onto the market uh, sometime soon, we hope, uh, which we, we will get into all of this in the interview. Prepare yourselves for this one because uh, Alessandro is full of passion and full of drive and has a very, very clear fish, uh, vision. And um, yeah, he's, he, he brings the fire to this episode. It's, uh, it's a great one to listen to. I hope you enjoy it uh, as much as I did. Uh, we'll get into all things Venezuela, uh, all things uh, Bitcoin, um, the node, building a startup, um, where, where to base it, how to you know, build a production line. I think you'll uh, really enjoy this one. Stick with it. And uh, I'll see you after the show for some uh, final comments. But before we do that, make sure you head over to coinfloor.co.uk forward slash bitten if you want to start stacking some sats. That's um, you know, a trusted place to do that. Check out at Friar Hass on Twitter. He has listed all of the um, Bitcoin-only DCA services, so you'll be able to find one uh, close by to you and start stacking sats there. It's a great resource. You can go and listen to his show as well. Uh, I interviewed him um, about uh, two or three months back. And um, also check out swanbitcoin.com forward slash once bitten if you want to start stacking some sats there. And a big shout out as always to at 21ism. Go follow them. Go find them on the interwebs. Uh, thanks to at hodler than now, Sir Badminton, for uh, supplying the music that uh, the eerie, cool, beautiful music that um, is playing in the background. And you can hear more of that at 21ism.com and go watch some of their videos, their mashups, the memes that they're putting out there in Bitcoin. It's uh, pretty special and there's lots more to come. Let's get on with this. Hope you enjoy the show. Look forward to catching up with you guys after. Thanks, as always, for listening, guys. Really appreciate it. Hey, guys. Welcome to today's show. And joining me is uh, Alessandro Acecere. And uh, he has taught me how to uh, pronounce his name uh, correctly. El Sultan, known on um, uh, Bitcoin Twitter and uh, from Coinspree, where he's doing some amazing work. And we're going to get all into that. And thank you for joining us all the way from uh, Venezuela, mate. Thank you very much, Daniel. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me as well, Lauren. <laughs> so before we started, uh, I said to Lauren, I'm going to go and speak to uh, this, uh, this man. He's, uh, he's living in uh, Venezuela, in uh, Caracas. And she knows a little bit about Venezuela because we watched uh, Peter McCormack's uh, Defiance video um, about uh, what was going on there. And I said, um, you know, he's, he's into building nodes. And Lauren wanted to ask... What are nodes? 
Okay, so Laura, uh, Bitcoin full nodes are an essential part of, of what is today known as the Bitcoin network, right? Uh, this new form of money that is changing finance and banking and how we, how we send and receive money and how we store value and money uh, and wealth overall, right? So uh, the Bitcoin full note is this, this element, Lauren, that, that we use to talk to, to Bitcoin. Essentially, every single uh, exchange, service, or Bitcoin product whatsoever needs to talk to the Bitcoin network uh, in order to see uh, or uh, broadcast a transaction, okay? Okay. Uh, so it, it, is, it is very important to run your own Bitcoin full node if you don't want to depend on uh, anyone else or what we call a third party uh, uh, for when you want to receive or verify uh, the transactions that you are receiving and validate that in fact you are receive, receive, receiving true and valid Bitcoins. Uh, and, the same, and, and it goes the same way if you want to send Bitcoin to some, somebody else. They don't need to run a Bitcoin full node for themselves. They can use a third-party service or a third-party custodian solution. Uh, and you could still be sending them money for, uh, using your own Bitcoin full node. So that's the beauty. Uh, although most people don't understand today that they want to run one or, or they don't understand the full concepts and the full features that you can get out of a Bitcoin full node today, I do think it will continue picking up. And people will continue educating themselves more. Uh, and Bitcoin awareness will, will continue to grow overall. So, for instance, people will continue understanding how important a Bitcoin full note is today. Not only for daily lives, uh, but also for the global monetary system. Yeah. So, if, if we... If we wanted to tell a, a probably a, a children a children what a Bitcoin full node is in a very friendly way, I think it, it will it will be at least telling them that uh, Bitcoin full nodes are friends themselves. There is no way that a Bitcoin full node will fight with another uh, Bitcoin full node whatsoever or argue, right? So that's the beauty. In a sense, it's very related to to peace because it's a peaceful element. You can uh, you cannot do harm to other people by using a Bitcoin full node. <laughs> How does that sound? That sounds cool, I yeah. guess. Good enough answer for you? Yep. Yeah? My hands are sweating. <laughs> <laughs> it's very hot here. Okay, well, do you want to say thank you to uh, Alessandro? Bye. <laughs> Nice talking to you. Bye, Laura. Nice talking to you. Nice meeting you. E meeting you, at least. <laughs> <laughs> so well, let's start off with um, oh, very distorted uh, sound from my end. Weird. Uh, let's start off with um, how are things where you are? How are things in Caracas? What, what's, what's going on? What's the update? Okay, so as of today, uh, Daniel, we're uh, undergoing the the pretty toughest uh, lockdown period since the whole pandemic started. Uh, is it, it's very strict right now uh, at a national level, nationwide. Um, uh, the Maduro regime is just uh, finding a very strategic way to hide, hide for themselves, okay? They're just hiding. Uh, and they're scared of what can come out of the United States and U.S. sanctions, or, or a potential U.S. intervention inside Venezuela, 
which I myself, I do not think it will happen uh, over the short term. Uh, there are just so many international interests today in Venezuela, and it's not only coming from America, uh, North America at least. Uh, it's also coming from Russia, China, Iran, Turkey, and several other nations. Um, it is just a form of information that does not flow abroad uh, or, you know, outside of Venezuela. Okay, uh, media is very much controlled here. Uh, sometimes I would be listening to music in the radio on the radio, and then just Maduro hops on, hops on and starts talking for three hours. Okay, with nothing actually, nothing actually interesting to say. It's just bullshit. Uh, but yeah, pretty much uh, with regards to the pandemic, we are under in, in, in a heavy lockdown. Uh, Gladly, Coinspire is a tech business, right? So we we can continue working remotely, uh, be it with the development team that is in Switzerland or that is outside Venezuela and the one that is internally in, in Venezuela. So yeah, I'm very happy in that sense. <laughs> uh, so and for those listeners that um, that might be interested, I mean, I know we hear, I mean, sadly, it's almost become kind of a meme, you know, um, oh, well, look what's going on in Venezuela and look what's going on in Venezuela, um, which I think um, is kind of getting um, swept under the rug a little bit and or kind of brushed over. But can you, can you like, uh, you know, spell it out for, for those of us that are very much looking at from the outside in uh, what's going on and what's happened with, with your currency and how that is affecting uh, the country as a whole? Of course. So, there was a point in history, uh, there was in, in the 1900s, uh, um, the Venezuelan Bolivar, our currency, or, uh, was worth more than, than the dollar. Okay, and that's what, that was even before uh, the gold standard was repealed by Nixon in 1973. Today, the uh, Venezuelan economy runs, 70% of it runs on cash, and those are dollar banknotes. That's not even the Bolivar, because uh, Bolivar banknotes today are completely worthless. You wouldn't even be able to pay uh, for, your for your parking ticket with Bolivar banknotes, because they are so worthless, worthless thanks to the money printing, the excess money printing that came out of Venezuela, the hyperinflationary economy that we are running on right now, and of course, U.S. sanctions. Uh, for the listeners that do, know, do, do not know this, if you want to have a financial institution uh, or, or found, found a bank uh, anywhere in the world and you want to have dollar deposits as a service, uh, you need to have a U.S. banking license. Okay, So that's a very, uh, very centralized system, what we call the legacy system, right? So, for instance, uh, the Venezuelan banking and finance sector cannot uh, legally deposit dollars or receive uh, dollar as legal tender from people inside Venezuela. We can receive payments uh, made in dollars. We can receive wire transfers. So we are, in a way, disconnected from the global banking and finance system and banking and finance network. Uh, the banking system in Venezuela is not connected at all to the international SWIFT wire transfer payment systems. 
So uh, that that literally makes us Daniel outliers. We are outliers of the system. Somehow we needed to find a way, and that's why Bitcoin came in the middle, and that's why Venezuela is working today basically as the harbor for South American volume or specifically peer-to-peer uh, Bitcoin South American volume. Every time the electric grid fails in Venezuela, you see volume dropping 90% on local Bitcoins, and not only on Venezuela, but also Colombia, Argentina, Mexico. So, you know, El Sultan Bitcoin and Bitcoin Twitter has been saying this uh, very openly. To me, Venezuela is going to be the first economy that is going to get hyper. It's going to go down the road of hyper Bitcoinizing itself. Uh, and I've been a huge advocate and unique advocate, the only one, and I can guarantee that a 200%, Daniel, the only crazy guy that has approached the Venezuelan banking and finance sector and has taught them bit by bit over this past year uh, why it is that we want to have a national custodian solution to deposit Bitcoins for the long term uh, part and deposit part of our international uh, reserves inside our own custodial solution. Because uh, eventually, look, uh, if the Venezuelan uh, central bank or uh, a public bank from Venezuela, which is a state-owned bank, basically, uh, if they wanted to use, I don't know, uh, CASA's multi-signature system, will they be able to do that? I don't think so. Uh, and I do believe that uh, collaborative multi-custody multi uh, multi business models will continue to grow internationally, not only inside the United States with on-chain capital and uh, in Canada with Knox Custody. And that's why I've been in talks with them. And they are so interested in what I've been doing over this side of the world with Coinspree and our whole business model. So yes, I am just this unique advocate, Daniel, of hyper-Bitcoinization inside Venezuela. And I had this, uh, what uh, Kevin Devani said at the top, uh, top Bitcoin Connector podcast. I have a very holistic view of things, and I need to have it. Uh, unfortunately, when I started, uh, look, the regulatory and jurisdictional environment in Venezuela is so destroyed, and its image abroad is it's not a good one. So when I started... When I started setting up my own business, and not only me, other several entrepreneurs that have fintechs and crypto services inside Venezuela and even Colombia and Argentina, we all end up going either to Europe or the United States to set up an LLC because uh, if we founded our businesses and our companies from this side of the world, probably we will never have the opportunity to have a dollar bank account for a business or legally start establishing ourselves to receive funding from VCs, continue growing, receive seeds, expanding into international markets. So it is very difficult. Uh, it's a very difficult environment. However, I can tell this to the listeners. I love my country. It is one of the most beautiful countries in the world. I am looking at the, at the beautiful sky that you can only see inside Venezuela, man. I believe, look, I've been to over 35 countries myself. And I've never seen the colors that I've seen inside Venezuela 
anywhere else in the world, man. Not even Egypt, Italy, Sweden, Portugal, Brazil, England, United States, Korea, Hong Kong, China, whatever it is. No colors like the ones that you see inside Venezuela. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome, man. And so you, you touched on hyper-Bitcoinization there. Um, do you think, is, has Bitcoin started playing a role in like the, the general people's lives in, in Venezuela in, in, a, in, a, in a way, in a fashion that you were expecting it to? Or is it taking some kind of other kind of path that is surprising you? It's remittances. And that did not surprise me at all because I have studied for over four years economics myself. And it's part of uh, the control exchange currency uh, policies uh, that, that the Venezuelan government established with Hugo Chavez in the 2000s. Uh, and, and that's what started triggering inflation in Venezuela. Because, look, if one studies historically all of, all of the, the failed uh, economies or failed, failed economic policies that have brought depressions or recessions overall, it has to do with one thing, and it's government intervention. So with Hugo Chavez, we, we, I believe that before him, we were already going down the path of socialism. But with Hugo Chavez, that accelerated. And with Maduro, it accelerated into communism. So it is, what's interesting to me is, is that they just can't and will not be able to stop Bitcoin, okay? They try to find a way by introducing national regulations to basically kill local Bitcoins inside Venezuela. And they were, un they were unable to do that. And local Bitcoins in the end is just a WordPress, WordPress uh, website, okay, that is registered in Finland as a company. But it has continued, be, it has continued being and it will continue to be for the next couple of years as an essential service for uh, for people inside Venezuela and outside Venezuela to bring remittances into the country and to send money outside of the country. Uh, the other interesting part of that hyper-Bitcoinization part uh, is merchant adoption. Because you see several, we have like at least four companies at a nationwide level in Venezuela providing POS solutions uh, that can accept cell payments coming from the banking sector in, in the United States and Zelle users. Uh, several cryptocurrencies like DAI token, Bitcoin, Litecoin. And there are others that are integrated in the national cryptocurrency that the government introduced, which is El Petro. Uh, El Petro, in the end, Daniel, I just see it as free marketing for Bitcoin. I see Bitcoin as king in this uh, cryptocurrency and hashing power global race. Uh, and while Bitcoin is already partying inside the party with a sh champagne, uh, using and wearing an, an Hermetogildo Zenia suit, uh, Ethereum and El Pedro and Litecoin are still doing the line outside of the party. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great analogy. I want to ask then, you know, if 
But you, you said communism got um, like sped up, and with COVID now, COVID seems to be speeding so many things up. Uh, first of all, like, you know what, what's kind of like the um, the lay of the land at the moment with COVID in Venezuela? Are you seeing like terrible spikes? And is this another element of you know kind of speeding us forward ten years, perhaps? into the future much quicker than we could have ever imagined and um, that helping, uh, you know, Bitcoinization as well. So, um, look, uh, Venezuela is a 30 million, uh, 30 million uh, people country, okay? Uh, our population stands, uh, stands at, at, at that amount. However, uh, over the past 10 years, 20 years, at least 6 million Venezuelans left the country. There are literally communities of Venezuelan people inside El Doral, El Doral in Florida, United States, Miami, Brickle, Hialeah Market, Avent Aventura, uh, Western, we Venezuelans call it Western Suela, just as I call Venezuela Bitcoin Suela. <laughs> and then there's communities of Venezuelans inside Madrid, Spain, Barcelona, Spain, uh, Portugal, Italy, everywhere, man. Okay, it's just it's it's just a thing that adds up to that belief that I that I just mentioned before that we are outliers of the system, and it is it is not because we wanted to, it, it is because we were forced to, of what happened inside our country. Okay, so. I've, I've been a political activist before, and I've went to the street to defend my country's freedom, okay? I'm a, I'm a total libertarian, uh, Daniel, and that's why I'm a Bitcoiner, basically. Uh, and it's because I was forced to become one. Otherwise, uh, my family and other Venezuelans' families would find themselves in a much difficult situation today, okay? There are just... Millions of people living hand to mouth inside Venezuela. Uh, with regards to COVID, COVID and the pandemic, it's not spreading so much. Spikes are not as abrupt as, as I would say inside the United States. Although, you know, you're the most developed economy in the world, uh, the U.S., and you have 330 million people. And just, I mean, you're more than 20 times what Venezuela is at a territorial level. Uh, but we, we do not have enough medical supplies and the, and the medical sector, uh, the, health, the health and insurance sector is totally bankrupt in Venezuela as well, just as the banking sector. Every single sector in Venezuela is bankrupt. Is bankrupt, and that's what communism and socialism causes. Centric groups of people, ten people that handle all of the nation's wealth. It's just like Russia. What does what does Russia do? Putin handles everything with its oligarchs, and that's it. And you know it. I went live on Russia today with Max Kaiser, and. It disgusts, it, look, all of this disgusts me at a level because I understand that I can't speak too much and I understand that I just need to behave and be a, a good boy being a CEO, 
<laughs> yeah, that that's a weird one, right? Because I, I'm sure there are many things that you. How often do you find yourself not tweeting something or not saying something in an interview? Because in the back of your mind, you, th- mm, you know, one, yeah, I've got to act as a CEO and I can't say anything kind of uh, too rash. Or two, I just don't need the heat from a government body if someone should ever hear that. So I'm going to be honest, Daniel. Uh, this past month or almost two months already, I invested lots of my time what i what i call going live right i i showed my i literally showed myself uh on bitcoin twitter and what it is that i was doing uh whereas two years ago this past two years i've been sitting inside my batman's cave my private office just developing and crafting all of bitcoin's mission vision business model brand uh setting up the team several teams and and strategically and wisely approaching the regulator inside Venezuela because the regulator does exist. And if Coinspree holds parts of its operations, its global operations inside Venezuela, I do need to approach the, regula- the regulator sometimes. And the regulator in Venezuela, the reality is that it is sanctioned. I can totally clarify that I do not do business with them whatsoever. But I do have my intention as a Venezuelan, as, a, as an ex-political activist, as, as one of the most renowned entrepreneurs from my country today, especially with regards to cryptocurrency and fintechs or whatever, uh, I do need to approach the regulator. That, that's just how it works. So if you ask me, uh, Daniel, how much time do I find myself containing my emotions uh, to make better decisions psychologically that will not harm nor my image, nor my last name, nor my business, nor my family every minute? Because I live in Venezuela. I live in one of the most controlled systems globally i live happy man okay if i didn't live happy i wouldn't have built pandora box with so much passion and i wouldn't be talking about coinspree with so much passion uh this past this past month inside the industry showing myself but i did end up risking almost everything by doing that thing that's the reality and if i hadn't done that would I be talking to you, to you right now? Probably not. Okay, and and it's just and but that's the beauty of Bitcoin, you see, and that's and that's the part of Bitcoin that I will continue disseminating and that I will continue very diplomatically teaching inside Venezuela. Bitcoin can be unstopped not only because of its technological power; it's because of love and candor. Okay. Because this has been built underground, man. Underground, man. Thanks to the internet, social media, and a bunch of outliers, just like what Venezuelans are today. Okay, so to me, Venezuelans, uh, Venezuelans are equal to Bitcoiners, and Bitcoiners are equal to Venezuelans. Uh, we want to be outside of the system, and we are sort of creating this parallel dimension and this parallel world. Uh, that is full of knowledge and that is carrying 
new ways of thinking, uh, new forms of doing business, new forms of building new products, services, and creating a whole new global monetary and, 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 and economy and, and a more sound one, okay? Uh, I'm a millennial myself, so I know that I come from a very wrecked generation, that it's been wrecked and, been, and this wrecked situation has been passed on for the past century with the whole money printing deal, man. Okay, and today is coordinated at a central bank and state level globally. It's the ECB, it's the Bank of Japan, it's the central, it's the People's Bank of China, it's it's the Bank of England, it's the Fed, it's everyone. Okay, and it somehow it it needs to stop. The vicious cycle will not stop, but eventually people. Enough people, I will say, will learn that. Uh, and the only, the only thing that we have today as hope, and, and that is a peaceful approach to go against that, is Bitcoin. So it's not about El Sultano or Coinspree or hyper-Bitcoinization in Venezuela. It's just about Bitcoin uh, outlawing every single government and every single central bank and institution for the next 150 to 100 years, man, as it has done it for the past 12 years. Yeah, Bitcoin makes me still have some degree of hope in the global system, man. Yeah, and like going back to what you said earlier about, uh, I think you mentioned 6 million Venezuelans have um, have left. Is that correct? And you know, forming correct. communities all over the world. I mean that sounds. I mean a decent sized percentage of people have have been pushed into that, um, and like you were saying, you you were pushed into. Well, you were pushed personally, and for you, you found Bitcoin. And I know you can't speak for six million Venezuelans living around the world, but do you get the sense that you know they're waking up to Bitcoin as well? The people that are outside the system, and this is how they're using, um, like. Uh, a way to get funds back to family and, and bring other family out. Do, do, do you hear any of that kind of of those kind of stories? Of course, and I said this openly. Uh, I discussed it with Stefan Levera on his podcast as, as well. I have more than ten friends that run their own remittances services business, and and it's all built on top of Bitcoin and services like Paxful and local Bitcoins, for example. That's where they have. They informally uh, gain access to that volume and then indirectly provide Bitcoin, Bitcoin-ready remittances services to people that are living in Spain and to people that are living, Venezuelans uh, specifically, right, uh, living in Colombia and in the United States. So, for instance, they would send them uh, euro payments or dollar payments, Colombia peso, Colombian pesos payments, inside their own, their personal bank accounts, this remittance providers, or even their, their company's bank accounts that they've already set up, the ones that got to a whole other level and started institutionalizing and formalizing their business, their remittance services, right? Uh, and then they just changed those euros or dollars with their con compensation structures into Bitcoin and send bol bol Bolivars to their families inside Venezuela, or even, 
or even hook them up with uh, cash advances and uh, locally inside Venezuela. Now, with from your travels um, going around the world, you you mentioned many countries that you've um, you know been lucky enough to visit. Are there any of those countries that you know you you might worry is going to follow in the footsteps of, of what's happened in Venezuela? Italy, Italy, uh, because. Uh, the Italian economy is broke. That's the reality. The Italian economy, and I'm Italian myself, right? And I've been traveling, I've traveled more than 27 times to Italy myself. I know pretty much all, all of Italy. Uh, the Italian economy is going down the road of being uh, the harbor for the Silk Road, uh, the Silk Road uh, vision that China has, right? Uh and they, they became the first uh, uh, European Union member to accept that approach. And so if, 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 for example, you go to Milan in Italy and you go to Galleria Duomo next to the Duomo in Milano, uh, and you will see a branch of uh, the Bank of China sitting outside just next to Galleria Duomo, and uh, next to Gucci stores and Dolce and Gabbana and Prada, all of those uh, top-notch stores, right, and brands. And the doors are closed. It, it has been shut. It, it has been closed, not open to to people for the past five years, I think. Uh, <laughs> and that's just a, that strategic uh, way of Chinese starting to own real estate globally, okay? Uh, strategic uh, real estate. Uh, who buys who buys this top-notch brands in Italy and Spain today? Chinese people, man, okay? At a, le at a point, it was Italian people that used to do that, and even Americans. Now it's Chinese and Russians. And after Brexit, it just picked up inside Italy. Uh, so that's a, pr a pretty scary situation that I've seen with my own eyes. That the Chinese have bought almost all of the uh, most important Italian factories inside Italy. Okay, the European Union is broke. Okay, they're in a worse situation than the United States. I think that inside this coordinated global monetary printing and monetary policies, uh, U.S. continues to be king. The U.S. can print trillions in days, uh, but just Trump giving a phone call to Jerome Powell. Whereas, you know, Italy can do that, okay? Italy would need to go down the road, uh, or Italy and Germany and France and Spain, okay? would need to go down the, the path that uh, they would need to talk to Christine Lagarde uh, from uh, the ECB and see how much government bonds the ECB starts buying from Italy and from Spain and from Iceland or whatever. It's just a broken system. So, uh, look, uh, Benito Mussolini uh, was a very Hitler advocate in Second World War. Italy and Germany were very tied to each other. Uh, and I think uh, that you are that we are seeing a sort of communist uh, government 
being born once again in Italy, okay? Uh, millennials in Italy are leaving the country. They are all living hand to mouth as well. They don't want to be uh, the, but the butchers or, or farmers that their grandfathers used to be. Uh, but Italy is not a technological country or a very advanced economy with very big companies. You know, Italy has always been this uh, small and medium sized uh, firms and entrepreneurships based economy. So I am, I am very scared with what is happening inside Italy. Italy. And again, that's a very media controlled system. And I can say it from personal experience. Uh, and, then, and then the other thing is, of course, what, how shocked I was after going to China in 2016 and seeing that is a whole other thing Uh, with regards of what people are thinking about how China is inside their own walls. Uh, look, you know, China is a, is a different situation, and it's a very difficult one, okay? Uh, 1.3 billion people. That's a mess, okay? That's, how, how do you need to rule the country? Probably way different than the United States and Venezuela and, and, and Italy. But yeah, I am very scared of what's happening there and how much traction Putin specifically has gotten with Russia's active measures inside EU and inside uh, America as well. I think the United States is going down the path of communism as of now, Daniel. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and um, this is just a day after uh, the EU announced yesterday 860 billion uh, dollar uh, dollar equivalent um, recovery fund, uh, like the COVID kind of recovery fund they're calling it, which is just printing more cash, and um, you know it's not going to fix anything. We all know that. Um, yeah, and Italy, kind of being, I mean, if they had their own currency, for example, if the single currency didn't exist, then you know countries can can do a little bit of maneuvering around. Um, what they want to do to, you know, kind of help their own economies. But you know what they'd do? They'd just print more cash. It would just be an all-out currency war. Which, yeah, I agree I mean, with think, you. Think about that. Think about if the euro didn't exist and everybody was still on the mark, the francs, the peseta, the gilda, the, uh, the lira, um, it'd be an even bigger mess. We, like, we could have these countries in, in the same kind of state as Venezuela is now. Yeah, I just wonder if those countries still had control over their own currency, you know, what the world would look like now. And um, I'm wondering whether we might have several of these countries looking very much like Venezuela because, you know, once you start pushing the printing button, you can't stop. Um, and many of these politicians that still believe this is the answer, you know, just print more cash. Uh, I think that the fact that they believe it's... Uh When you say that this, they still believe that's the answer, I think it's just a coordinated and very orchestrated way of of showing themselves uh, showing themselves to people, okay, and the world. Uh, 
in that way, okay? But I do not believe that they actually think that's the way to solve things. I just believe it is a very coordinated thing happening, Daniel, to take more control over people, okay? That's the reality. And I've said this already in other podcasts. It amazes me that some people still have a degree of faith in the system, okay? And when we were talking about COVID and the pandemic before 20 or, or 15 minutes ago, I think it, they're just taking advantage out of that, just as the Venezuelan government is doing that, okay? And, and, and to be frank, okay, Daniel, I want to clarify one thing. People that don't have the Venezuelan perspective that I have, that most of Venezuelans don't even have because they left the country five or even two years ago, okay? This country changes weekly, weekly, literally, at a 360-degree level. level. Uh, Venezuela is one of the most important pieces right now uh, for what... Putin wants to achieve with Russia for what China and Xi Jinping wants to achieve for China, for what Donald Trump and Donald and the United States wants to achieve for the United States. And it's basically because I just said it, okay? This is filled with Russians. If you go to restaurants, VIP restaurants in Caracas, you won't see Venezuelans. You will see Russian businessmen. You will see Ira Iranian businessmen. You will see Turkish businessmen. You will see Chinese businessmen. And so maybe today the Maduro regime uh, is going down a road that wants to totally separate from the American economy. I think that's impossible for Venezuela, okay? Uh, and it's also because of a geographical standpoint. We are the only South American country that is right open uh, from the sea to go to Europe or to go to Cuba and Florida and the United States. Literally. And the Caribbean. We are the only one. Not Colombia, not Panama, not Brazil, not Chile, not Argentina, none of those. Only small and little Venezuela. So even if it's with Maduro or another regime in Venezuela, whatever, you will see an agreement between Russia and Iran and China and the, U and the U.S. And it will be thanks to Venezuela and the Venezuelan oil and the Venezuelan gas and the Venezuelan gold, okay, and Venezuelan uranium. And Venezuelan Colton, which nobody knows that it, is being, that it is being exported daily to Russia to create nuclear weapons. Who knows that, Daniel? Nobody. We think that we know so much. And the only thing we know is social media. And social media today is bullshit. <laughs> yeah, it truly is. <laughs> you know I, mean? I mean i only look i i've always been connected to the internet i've always been learning over the internet but today youtube it's disgusting okay it's only promoting disgusting apps 
And if you ever get to listen to one song of reggaeton, you're doomed. It will always advise you to listen thousands of reggaeton songs. And so and somehow now YouTube ends up being this very educative platform, okay, for the globe. Okay. Uh, and, and it's all thanks to AI. I think that also AI is the next level of controlling us that people are really not aware of. Are, are people aware of inside the United States that Boston Dynamics, which is receiving funding from Jeff Bezos, is doing some uh, uh, dog robots that can basically run faster than us, <laughs> okay? Or that they already have a cop robot that, that basically you can shoot it, even if it's with a 3D home printed gun, and it will continue chasing you if it if if its software says it needs to chase you, and which okay, and the whole deal that the U.S. wants to overregulate whatever uh, cops and uh, I don't know the security the security system inside the U.S. that's all going to go AI, man. Okay, it's all just so controlled, and it will all just be running inside. Amazon servers and Google servers and Microsoft servers, which are all renting their service today to the CIA and the FBI and whatever. So it's horrible, okay? Okay? The, the American economy used, used to be, it is today still the fulcrum of the global economy, but it, is, it was a very different, in a very different way, okay? You used to build this awesome products, be it microwaves or bikes or cars. You don't build anything today, okay? You, you, just, you just build phones in China, give cheap rates to the whole American, uh, the whole American population to own an iPhone for $10 a month or whatever and start... Uh, giving them access to credit via a credit card, pay 36% on interest, while Jamie Dimon pays 0% for billions of dollars. And the American consumer is being forced to go down the, the Amazon and Netflix path and Hulu path or wherever. And they just tell you, no, you have freedom. You have freedom of choice and freedom of, of speech. Bullshit. You have only five companies controlling the whole tech industry. You have only five companies that make up almost all of Nasdaq's valuation, okay? And they are right now being enlisted inside the Fed's corporate bond buying program. That's communism. And it is today illegal to buy stocks of those companies, but it, it, in about a month, or or this year or next year, when the stock market crashes again 30 to 35%, they will just draft a new law in two days and Steven Mnuchin will go on CNBC saying, funding has been secure, okay? And now the Fed can buy Amazon, stock, Amazon shares, Berkshire Hathaway shares, and then eventually, look, Warren Buffett will die and I think it will be worse than when Chavez died in Venezuela, okay? He will die, but he will literally die forever. He will be remembered forever. The Fed will continue buying his shares, and he will have already died.
that's communism. I'm sorry, Dana, but that's communism. Man, that is, uh, when you wrap it up like that, that's uh, a very, very stark warning. And, and it's, look, it's, it's, it's thinking and being straightforward, okay? Not that part of me that thinks every minute what it is that I have to do. It's just spitting out everything. And frankly, that's the beauty of Bitcoin, okay? And we get to Bitcoin then again. Bit all okay? roads lead we're, to Bitcoin. We're... <laughs> Everything lives there, okay? And it's basically because it's uncensorable, uncensorable money. And then the community, because of that uncensorable network and uncensorable money and uncensorable and more sound economy, we want to be uncensorable ourselves. I want to be uncensorable. You want to be uncensorable by launching this podcast. Stefan wants to be uncensorable by launching his podcast. Max Geiser wants to be uncensorable by launching the, launching the Kaiser Report, okay? And the moment the governments start tracking us and going against us, it will just happen the same thing that happened with John Bolton's book. People will have more desire for Bitcoin and the Bitcoin movement. Are you still there? Yes. Okay. I, uh, I, I, I finished okay. that part. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were. I thought you were mid. I thought you were going to keep going. Um, but so, you said before you were um, ex-political activist. Now I'm wondering if Bitcoin had not come along, where do you think you'd be right now? Probably in Switzerland, uh, but because Coinspree is legally operating as a Swiss uh, legally based company. We are legally based in the canton of Zug, uh, what's basically known as the heart of the Crypto Valley ecosystem. Uh, and I've already pitched about our solutions, our mission, our vision, what it is that we are doing. And I had the opportunity to meet, to meet the main key officers of that part of the, of the crypto industry specifically, right? So I think that uh, Switzerland will continue playing a very important role for the whole digital asset uh, digital asset transitioning from the legal the, the legacy banking system into a whole crypto banking system uh, I know that there are some folks that have this extremist and anarchist view uh, when talking about Bitcoin and frankly it's part of that and it needs to be part of it okay uh, I'm a libertarian. I, I myself, as a libertarian, I defend that approach as well. But I do today understand that regulations are a fact, and regulations are a fact not only if you want to build a Bitcoin and digital assets business. Okay, it's also a fact if you want to have a dairy factory, for example. You always need to comply with regulation. Okay, uh, so and. Uh, if Bitcoin doesn't come along, I'll probably just go to Brazil, meet my beautiful Brazilian girlfriend, man, <laughs> and go abroad with her to Switzerland or probably Italy because I'm a uh, I'm an Italian citizen, right? Uh, but I am betting on staying at least for over two years inside Venezuela and continue building an important infrastructure for what will be the new crypto banking sector inside Venezuela. Uh, the Maduro regime already drafted the regulations 
for the crypt to allow the crypto banking sector inside Venezuela. They were introduced in December 16th of last year. So that's pretty new. That's pretty fresh. Uh, unfortunately, the pandemic got in the middle. And that's why I haven't been able to, let's say, more efficiently conduct our ongoing negotiations with different banking entities from Venezuela. But look, independent of this regime or this government, uh, there are there are banks and banking institutions inside not only Venezuela, Daniel, but uh, overall South America that have over 100 years on the market. Okay, not even Apple has over 100 years on the market. Okay, so uh, the banking sector will always be at least for the next couple of years, an important part of, uh, of an economy, okay? And building up from the grounds an economy because that is literally what we will have to do in Venezuela. We need to reinvent ourselves here. And very patriotic, okay? Not only libertarian and very patriotic. As I said, I love my countrymen with all of my heart and all of my soul, uh, but if it, look, I'm 26 years old, Daniel. Uh, I need to continue building my professional life. Uh, and eventually, I'll, if, if, I, if it is not with coins pretty inside Venezuela, I'll transition first into the Brazilian market, which is inside my plans. And then just go to, to Switzerland, which I've already been offered several jobs inside the banking sector. Yeah. That's my that's my personal approach, at least. Right. Okay. But um, thankfully, we do have Bitcoin, and that gives you a hell of a lot of hope and scope and passion to build things and to be part of this um, ecosystem. And out of that, obviously, has come Coin Spree. And and I want to talk to you about um, Pandora, the uh, the node. Um, can you give us the like the the lowdown on on that? Sure. So uh, since I first installed, when I first installed my my Bitcoin full node, okay, my first one, uh, I did it on my laptop, okay, uh, running just on Linux Ubuntu, and I went through a Jameson Lob tutorial that he he set up on Medium. After that, and when I really started uh, understanding what was happening behind a full node and not only what was happening, but the full features that a full node gives you today and that eventually will continue giving you more. I immediately understood that. And then at the same time, Daniel, I understood that people to me will never understand how a Bitcoin full node actually works and what it is that uh, from a technological standpoint actually does. Okay, so for instance, having uh, up to date the whole the whole blockchain and being able to build up by yourself multi signature schemes. I mean, you can pretty much set up your own multi signature address if you have a Bitcoin full node uh, or a couple of Bitcoin full nodes, and you can do that with Bitcoin full nodes, not even using a hardware wallet. So even JW Weatherman has some pretty excellent tutorials uh, on yet uh, uh uh, I think it's yetical.com. Yeah, yetical.com. Uh, so, so, so to me, uh, Daniel, uh, Pandora Box is this very important concept of crafting a physically aesthetical 
Bitcoin full node. So when you show that to people, specifically to pre-coiners, they feel attracted to that element. And I got to that point. It cost me a lot because uh, hiring up industrial designers to do, I don't know, Fibonacci-related designs, uh, the Fibonacci-related designs that I did for Pandora Box. We had to do so much molds, okay, and so much versions. Uh, it's, it's not easy. I mean, if it cracks here or if it cracks, cracks at this angle, what's the actual shape? Which are the actual measures for it to fit very comfortably? And uh, like do an ergonomic study of, of the element, right? Of the chassis of Pandora box. Uh, I do run my, my Pandora boxes on Raspberry Pis. And to some people, it's just like, oh, but it's just a Raspberry Pi. It's a $30 com uh, computer. I understand that, but I think that it's the most open piece of hardware that exists today in the industry, specifically the semiconductor industry. You can't grab an Asus uh, laptop motherboard and modify it to become whatever it is that you want it to do. You can't do that, but you can't do that with a Raspberry Pi. That is very important because that is targeting the same philosophy that Bitcoin defends. Bitcoin is the most open source hardware of the uh, open source software of the internet. And for instance, that's why I believe that same philosophy needs to be connected to a a, a similar philosophy, but from a ha hardware level. And the only semiconductor and the only mini PC board that fills the promise today is the Raspberry Pi. Uh, I'm actually, uh, I've actually with coins, I've actually with coins been uh, under talks with Farnell LTD in Europe. Farnell LTD is one of the only two companies globally that has received the per the necessary permits and licenses from the Raspberry Pi Foundation to produce uh, Raspberry Pis, and and you can buy a Raspberry Pi from them or a million devices from them, just like Microsoft is doing to build their IoT networks. So I studied in depth what is actually, uh, what, what who were actually the most important suppliers globally to set up what I called the Pandora Box Bitcoin full node supply chain. So going down the path of Bitcoin full node and first starting to set up Coinspree's business uh, by only trying to commercialize Bitcoin full nodes, I understand that the reality is there is no market whatsoever for that. So I needed to, uh, I needed to integrate Pandora Box into other Bitcoin technologies, for instance, Multit Signature, to start creating a new business model uh, that leverages uh, multi-party custodian solutions. So for instance, Coinspring could have a private key and uh, a banking entity inside Venezuela could have a private key uh, being a treasure because today we are official partners of Trezor, Coinspring, uh, and I will be setting that up inside our webpage and communicating that over social media over the next couple of days and weeks. Uh, so yes, I'm this, I'm, I'm this guy that's uh, understood that 
to provide to to monetize a Bitcoin full node business, it's extremely hard because there is no market for that. So for Coinspree to be able to offer a service based on Pandora Box that integrates it as an an ideal and a core element of our services, uh, I needed to integrate uh, integrate other technologies and then also close up deals and commercial partnership agreements with other important members from the industry for it to become a desired element from a banking institution. And it looks amazing. Very tough, very tough, very tough. I can tell, I, I can tell you that. And, the, and the, ultimately what I would like to clarify is it, it's, it's that look, for example, Casa does not have a US registered trademark. My node BTC does not have a US registered trademark. Uh, basically no other Bitcoin full node globally has its brand being registered inside the most reputable database of trademarks where Apple's trademark, for example, is sitting. Pandora Box is sitting there. I just got approved my trademark after a whole, a year and a half process, which is very difficult, man. Not living in the US and coming from a homeboy environment, which is Venezuela, and investing my own personal savings and family savings to set up my own venture, man. And really, uh, I underestimated how difficult it was to introduce oneself into the community and build up a trustworthy image and a trustworthy voice inside it. Because sadly, Daniel, it's, a, it's an industry that is filled with scams. And that scares people away. Okay, there's so much people that have... Uh, have got into Bitcoin and then eventually they got uh, they got they went down a road that they changed those funds for a crappy ICO, be it Jesus Coin or Banana Coin or Ari Coin or Plus Token or whatever, and they lost their funds and now they hate everything that is related to cryptocurrency. Okay, but yeah, I think that. Uh, Eventually, if I'm able to, and I do end up closing a deal with some of the VCs that I'm under talks with, confidential talks, uh, from Silicon Valley and Europe, eventually I will be able to streamline the whole production process of Pandora Box and start commercializing and shipping Pandora Box use units to the end consumer. We actually have other plans to launching first other uh, Bitcoin custodial related services. Uh, and I can tell you that it is related to a mobile application that will eventually connect to your Pandora Box node. Uh, when we start shipping the Pandora Box units to the end consumer, I think that will happen over the course of two to three years. And also thanks to the pandemic. But yeah, I'm very realistic with time, timing, uh, Money timing, which nobody can change, okay? Uh, money, money has its own timing, okay, inside the industry. And you can't change that. Receiving funding from VCs, it's at, at, at a minimum level a one-year process. So I, I'm still under that process, and I initiated that process three months ago. Uh, 
And I have been building very amazing awareness with the Pandora Box brand overall, man. And that's what I plan and continue building. The also time Bitcoin story that is tied up together with Coinspreet, Maniac, Steam, and uh, the Pandora Box Bitcoin full notes that I run and then I commercialize to banking entities and to very ex extreme and uh, excellent use cases, firstly, inside Venezuela, be it with internet-based internet -based Pandora boxes, uh, Pandora box unit, units, or satellite-based Pandora box units. Well, I mean, looking at the the node, it, it looks like, like a really beautiful piece of kit. And I'm sure many, many people are going to be kind of like, huh, when is this thing going to ship? So do you have any kind of timeline? Or are you, like you say, I know you've been... Um, uh, in talks with uh, VCs. How have you found that, by the way? Has that been kind of, uh, I mean, that's a whole new learning curve, obviously, but it, are you finding good enough actors in the I space? Thought, okay. Well, so I'm going to be very straightforward as well. Uh, look, I don't give specific timing, timings uh, with regards to being able to ship Norbox units internationally. Uh, because I come from the Venezuelan environment and I understand that we will need to set up and we are doing that uh, a an international uh, production line for for the for the Pandora box units. I understand and I can say this because I've already said it. Uh, I believe that I'm I'm the craziest guy in the globe right now regarding uh designs for Bitcoin full node production lines, but because I'm an industrial engineer, okay? Uh, so I string, I, I, I automated and, and I standardized so much the production of the Pandora box units that I could even set up the production line inside an office, okay? I don't need like a factory. And working with only two folks, I'll, I'll be able myself to produce two Pandora box or even five Pandora box units a day. That's enough to start filling up the demand that will come out of Pandora box and the desire that we are creating for Pandora box inside the industry. Because, I, you know, there's people that bought their own Casa full node and then they also bought their nodal full node and their samurai full node. For example, Brady from Citizen Bitcoin did that. And he would love to have a Pandora box, just as I hope that you would love to have a Pandora box, man. Okay? Because <laughs> even when I show it to chicks, they love it. Okay? What's the probability <laughs> of showing a Bitcoin full node product to women and then, and then liking it? Okay? It's, it's almost zero. And I, I, I managed to make that a possibility. Okay? Not only a almost zero probability. So I'm very enthusiastic about that. Uh, but look, it's very, I think that the most important part for me to start uh, shipping Pandora box units to people, it's not a, a software uh, deal. It's not even a production deal, okay, or a technological uh, barrier. I think it's with regards to customer success, okay? And it takes time to set up a customer success department that really understands what a Pandora box is, uh, 
So for instance, we are crafting still our internal manuals of operations and the Pandora box uh, salesman manual and the Pandora box customer success manuals. All of this, you know, intangible assets that make up a, what it is a great company today. Jordan Bel Belfort at its time uh, had more sales and more revenues at a certain period than Goldman Sachs, okay, the Wolf of Wall Street. And it was not because the dude was a genius. It was because he was specifically uh, a wise guy at developing one of the one of the best sales manual for selling penny stocks that Wall Street has ever seen. And I understand that I need to do the same thing for Bitcoin full notes. Uh, but in the meantime, I can tell you that I will be uploading medium tutorials in Spanish for people to start setting up by themselves their own Bitcoin full notes. Uh, it's very interesting that, that part of the uh, CASA business model, uh, they ended up just going down for Bitcoin full note tutorials for people and they just killed the, their Bitcoin full note business. Uh, and I understand that's because they operate in a very uh, uh, elevated research and development cost environment. Whereas if they wanted to test a new technology or a new idea for the Pandora business model or the Pandora technologies are in our solutions, Daniel, probably I would have a 10x or maybe 15x uh, I, I, I mean, I'd save 10 times or even 15 times more than CASA by doing that. So Venezuela for Coinspree has always been a low research and development strategic environment to develop our business, our mission, our roadmap, and our vision, man. Yeah. And has like um, interacting with the, the venture capitalists um, in this space or perhaps... <laughs> kind of on the periphery, how, I mean, ha, ha, have you been well received? What, what's been the feedback? Um, have you been um, I impressed with, with some of these firms that are looking into um, investing in the space? What, what's kind of like um, a little look under the lid of, of that murky little world? I'll give you an excellent analogy, analogy to you and the listeners. If you look at Steve Jobs' uh, a Steve Jobs movie, right? The documentary uh, where Ashton Kutcher is uh, is the actor of the, of the movie. Uh, you would see him uh, when he was when he was building Apple from a garage, calling daily at least twenty to twenty five uh, venture firms from Silicon Valley, and that's just how it is. Uh, I do at least 20 calls or 20 emails sometimes a day uh, because the effective rate of receiving funding, it's, it's 1%. So if you get in touch with 100 VCs, probably one will be interested. I have a database of over 2,000 VCs, okay? And they have burned at least like not even 5% of that. And the, uh, the feedback that I've received uh, has been very interesting. However, what has been difficult is explaining to VCs at a glance 
uh, how it is that our business is connected to the Venezuelan market, how it is that we plan to monetize a small part of, the, of, of our business on our vision inside Venezuela specifically, which I won't need in any VC to do that. Okay, I'll, I can do that by myself. But I do explain them that I am looking for funding to internationalize the Pandora Books business model. Okay, uh, but the feedback is it's very difficult, has been very difficult and very rough during the COVID-19 pandemic situation. Uh, and it's just part of the reality. If you, if you check financial markets, specifically the ones in the U.S., uh, one, of the, one, of the leading, uh, one of the leading indicators that the economy is starting to go bust is the VC industry indicators, okay? So uh, several VCs have just told me, like, let's wait at least three months. Or let's wait at least this year to see what happens. I think that the VC industry is just no more, Daniel. Okay, I seeing this. Uh, they call themselves VCs, and they are no more than just a group of friends or acquaintances from the industry that tied up together their capitals, bundled them up together, receive obscene fees for closing deals and, give it, and giving funding to startups. And frankly, if you're not today a, techno a technology firm that is coming from Silicon Valley or whatever, it's very difficult to receive funding and receive feedback from them. However, I understand as a very crafted salesman, Daniel, sales, it's about insisting. And today, Sales, it's not even about sales anymore. It's about educating and building trust. And that's what I have been doing inside the Silicon Valley VC industry with Coinspree. And I have done some, and I have received some very uh, excellent feedback from some firms and then some, and then again, some awesome, some awful experience from other firms. And to be respectful, I just don't, provide any names yeah fair enough um well you know if there are any listeners out there that might be interested in um in helping alessandro what, what are the kind of like terms that you're kind of looking at just, you don't need to go into too much detail but it, you know i'm just trying to think of any way that i might be able to add value to you and um you, you never know who's listening right okay so i'll drop the bell I'll, I'll drop the bomb i was waiting for it the 5th of November, as Dave Rivendetta said <laughs> in the movie, oh, November, this 5th of November, right? Uh, we will launch a webinar that will be sponsored. And when I say we, I'm talking about Coinspree.com and Eldorado.io, which is a commercial partner of Coinspree that is building a peer-to-peer -peer escrow exchange for South America. And it will be first launched uh, being aimed at the Venezuelan market, okay? Together, we are going to try as hard as possible to have a customer base of at least 10 million people, okay? Uh, El Dorado and Coinspree being sponsored by the most entrepreneurial college of Venezuela, Universidad Metropolitana, which is the college the, uh, where I hold my bachelor's from, uh, 
and uh, and my brother Guillermo, the CEO of El Dorado, as well. Uh, we will do a webinar called "Welcome to Bitcoin Suela." Okay, it will be hosted via Zoom, uh, and we plan on inviting some important uh, important inventees, right, and and renowned images from the Bitcoin industry. Okay, you have a beautiful accent yourself. <laughs> just like Stefan Libera and Peter McCormack do. Uh, and it will be interesting to invite you. That will be done the 5th of November of this year. And then next year, in 2021, Daniel, we will be hosting a, a, an event, a, the first and most renowned uh, Bitcoin meetup with international exposure uh, and international uh, invitees. And it will be called, of course, Welcome to Bitcoin Swell. And it will be crazy. We will even throw a, a techno party. People will be wearing masks just like uh, the ones that Lucio Poletti, the Venezuelan Bitcoin artist, designs under his brand. Uh, we are planning on inviting people from the banking and finance sector of Venezuela. Uh, we are planning on inviting Lucio Poletti, uh, as an art, as a Bitcoin artist to the event, we're planning on inviting Crypto Bastardo, uh, the owner of Satoshi in Venezuela, the most important educational product inside Venezuela right now uh, regarding Bitcoin. Uh, and hopefully you will come. Hopefully Andreas Antonopoulos will come. Ho hopefully Stefan Rivera and Max Kaiser will come and other uh, invited people that we will be inviting. And that will be the day, Daniel, that Venezuela will actually be known to the world as Bitcoin Suela officially, and that will have officially gone down the hyper Bitcoinization path. So, uh, for the listeners, just follow me on Twitter, El Sultan Bitcoin. On Instagram, I, I am El Sultan Bitcoin as well. Uh, Coinspree does not go down the road of social media too much because as of today, we only uh, work with the Estonian market and the Venezuelan market, which is where a clientele is from. But if you do have some interest in Coinspree.com and our Pandora Box business model and our venture, you can totally shoot, up, shoot us up an email at info at Coinspree.com. Thank you very much. David. No, that's... Anything else you want to... You want to add up, that, buddy? Well, that's amazing. Now everybody knows exactly um, what to expect, where to find you, um, you know, what you're doing. I think um, and it's really important, uh, you know, not just for your home country, but for the whole uh, ecosystem and for, you know, pe people like myself that, you know, I, I want an off-the-shelf node and something that's going to look good and, you know, just be a centerpiece and a, a talking point for when people come, like you said, right? You know, people come in, they see it and it starts a conversation. And that's the way that we're just going to, you know, keep widening, uh, you know, the net and, and helping people understand more about Bitcoin. So I think um, what you're doing is awesome. And uh, I love the energy you bring. It's, uh, you know, <laughs> the passion, the passion is pretty clear. Uh, that's for sure. Um, so no, I, I mean, I always ask one question at the end of each show and, you know, if you had one red pill left to give to someone, 
to learn, you know, all of the knowledge that you know about Bitcoin and what it could mean for humanity and civilization, who would you give it to and why? Oh, who would I give that uh, Bitcoin uh, red pill? Mm -hmm. uh, probably I will give it to Maduro, the Venezuelan president. <laughs> <laughs> or probably I would give it to Jerome Powell, the Fed, the Fed chairman. <laughs> <laughs> if I could, if if you if you allowed me to split it up, I would get half to Maduro and half to Jerome Powell. <laughs> Maybe a half dose is all you need. That's that's a good point. Uh, you know. Maybe maybe it's enough. Yeah, man. Once once you just you know peel back that one layer. And uh, yeah, that, that could be it. That could be all you need. Uh, so, mate, brilliant answers. Uh, thanks so much for uh, spending the time. Uh, I know it's been a little bit difficult setting this up with the, uh, the situation over there and your, uh, you know, being locked in your home and, you know, kind of patchy yeah, internet. Uh, all the very best, man. You know, heartfelt sending our wishes from, um, I'm sure, uh, wherever the Bitcoiners listening to are, um, are based uh, you know, our, our hearts to go out to what's uh, what's happening in Venezuela and obviously other countries that are suffering worse than our own. Um, yeah, good luck, man, and uh, keep pushing. And yeah, um, thank you. Good luck to you. Good luck to you as well, Daniel. Say hi to Lauren for me. Uh, uh, from Venezuela, we say we send you the most uh, the most passionate blessings that one can send. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you to the listeners. Follow us up. Continue building on top of what I call Bitcoin digital continent, which is what is connecting us, uh, which is what is connecting us outliers, Bitcoiners globally. Peace, mate. Thanks, man. Thank you so much. Hey guys, thank you so much for sticking around and listening to that one. Um, do you feel do you feel the passion? Do you feel the energy that uh, Alessandro brings to the table? Goodness me, that is one passionate young man and with a vision so solid and so clear, so clear to him what he needs to do, the product he needs to build, the way he needs to uh, find investors, how he needs to market it how he needs to uh, produce it. Um, like, talking about he's got the production line down to two people that you could do out of your own front room. I mean, this, this, this is decentralization. Uh, there could be a point, a business model down the line where any one of us could uh, apply to become a, um, a production line for Pandora and start our own little business out of our garages, putting these nodes together and shipping them off in the, in the countries that we, we live. Um, this is awesome, and I really, really got so many great vibes from, from Alessandro and, uh, and what he's doing. Really good to get um, an insight as well into what's going on in Venezuela. Uh, very interesting to hear uh, a little bit more about the history and uh, what's going on there right now and how that's affected him personally. Um, thankfully, he doesn't seem to be uh, too touched by it, but um, you know, rest assured, there are many people over there that are, are suffering. Um, so, you know, hearts go out to, um, like I said at the end there, all the other countries that are going through this awful, 
hyperinflation at the moment, and uh, this is what we're here for, right? This is what Bitcoin is all about. This is what's going to protect us against these monopolistic, money-controlled systems. You know, it's been said on many other podcasts before. It's like, you know, at what point did we let just a few guys in a room control absolutely every monetary decision and, and policy at at their own whim. It's it's nuts. It's time for the people to take the power back. And this is what Bitcoin is all about. That's what we're here for. This is what we're learning about. And by sharing this podcast and your message, um, then hopefully we can just start educating a few more people and slowly bring in more and more people onto um, onto this side of the playing field, right? Well, it's not even this side. It's a completely different park, completely different game. You know, it's where the rules are fair and where we can, uh, you know, kind of interact with each other without having all of this noise disturb the marketplace um, and the communication between us can just be completely neutral and completely clear. Uh, and this is what Bitcoin is and sound money and, you know, free markets and Austrian economics and all of this great stuff that has started washing over me and, and taking hold of my mindset and my thoughts and uh, giving me um, a bright hope for the future. Uh, not just selfishly, um, this is a global thing. This is, this is what humanity needs. This is what we need to do to rebuild societies and civilizations. So um, exciting times. Um, you know, Brady calls it the dawn of the Bitcoin Renaissance, uh, you know, that's powerful, and I can't think of a better way to put it. Um, it's um, it's it's a great time to be here and a great time to be um, sharing this message. So, thanks again to Alessandro for um, for coming on, sharing the time, sharing his story, um, geeing us all up again, giving us hope. I'm sure there's many of you listening, all uh, fired up, gonna go stack some sats. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> if you do um, you know go and check out at Friar Hass go and check his uh, his Twitter account because he has listed all of the Bitcoin only uh, DCA um, uh, companies find one closest to you or in your country and go start stacking some sats and um, you know let's go if you want to if you're in the UK you can always go ahead and use uh, coinfloor.co uk forward slash bitten and if you're in the us you can also head over to swan swanbitcoin.com forward slash once bitten and uh, start your stack and stats journey with those guys who are doing amazing work both companies going from strength to strength focusing on yes focusing on bitcoin of course but focusing on education that is like the, the base layer which is just beautiful and um, you know they're both doing great work around like the, the education side of Bitcoin first and then and then helping people understand uh, you know the, the best practices the best way to invest the best way to buy the best way to custody so um, let's get on and um, start stacking some sats and get ready for this um, this bull run we're all expecting come um, let's see where the price will be uh, August of 2021 guys thanks so much for listening Please keep reaching out on Twitter, uh, enjoying the um, the shares, the likes, uh, any of the banter that comes my way is much appreciated. Really enjoy uh, connecting with uh, as many people as possible. Uh, thanks again. Big shout out to those people that have taken the time to leave a um, 
five-star review on Apple. Um, I, I've never asked for it. They've just started showing up. I think that's awesome. Um, if, you, if you're inclined, then go ahead and do it. I'm not sure how much that will help. I guess, you know, perhaps one more review might just unlock one more person. And uh, that's what we're all about. And if, if you are, um, I put a tweet out recently, if you are a Bitcoin Twitter lurker, if you're lurking in the background, you, you might think you've got nothing to say or you're just watching what's going on. It's time to get on the horse, guys. It's time to, um, yeah, saddle up, what, you know, write something, sing something, make a little video, start a podcast, um, you know, reach out to, to anyone on Bitcoin Twitter um, that you've been following, ask advice, uh, you know, run an idea past someone. Uh, you know, it's, um, it's time. It, let, let's go. Like, um, don't hold back. This, this community is awesome and uh, you'd be welcome. Any, any of your work would be uh, welcomed and um, shared and uh, you never know who you might inspire. So I'll leave it there. Thanks as always for listening. And uh, yeah, I'll speak to you on the next show. Take care.